Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday everyone and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me Andy Goldstein. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, is it happy with everything that's going on? Let me just tell you now, straight off the bat. There's no Max Rushton in this podcast. So, yep, like me, you're probably all going, oh, okay, I'll listen to it. Happy happy days, Goldstein. Good work. You take my mind off everything that's going on in the world with that little bit of gold dust. So thank you for that, Mr. G. My pleasure. Anyway, we begin the show with uh, the shy and timid Simon Jordan, Kate Price's ex-husband, on the mid-morning show with Natalie Sawyer, talking Premier League clubs and furloughing and I know you're quite strong on the furlough scheme, Simon, so I just want to get your quick thoughts on what Gary Neville has had to say. Uh, uh, he has suggested that any Premier League club who has furloughed non-playing staff or even cut players' wages, he said, should be subjected to a transfer ban this summer or obviously whenever the transfer window reopens. Do you agree well, with Gary just, Neville or is that too much? That, that's, that's, just, just, that's just childish. Look, the furlough scheme is one thing. I'm not strong on it at all. I, I understand the argument that if these players, if the players are asked to take a pay cut and they take this pay cut, it's a bit of a bloody source if the clubs come out in the summer after getting the players to take a pay cut and go spend £100 million on footballers. That is a source. Yeah. This furlough argument, mm-hmm. you know, with the best will in the world, we look at football clubs now as businesses. If you're paying players £100,000 a week, they're a business. Why is it? that all these massive businesses in the UK that employ tens of thousands of people that make millions and billions of profit, and I can list them, whether it's Primark, Costa Coffee, Greggs, a whole raft of them, Virgin, British Airways, they can all take their staff and put them on furlough. But businesses in football that are losing money, the Premier League is losing money, if they dare take government money, all of a sudden they're vilified. I'm not in favour of furloughs. I'm in favour of commercial businesses being treated equally. And if you can't get your players to take a pay if you can get your players to take a pay cut net, you shouldn't need a furlough. You shouldn't even be considering it. It's an yeah. outrage if yeah. football takes a furlough if they get their players to take a pay cut. Staying with Natalie Sawyer and Katie Price's ex, Simon Jordan. This is the former Norwich midfielder Gary O'Neill criticising his old club on the poor timing of signing Luxembourg's Daniel Sinani. I don't have a problem with Norwich furloughing their staff. I mean, Norwich is not a club that is going to be financially up there with the big clubs. They're not going to be rolling in money. They're not going to have all this spare cash to keep paying people when they don't have any income coming in. So I'm fine with the people in charge at Norwich saying, look, we need to furlough some staff. I get that. They're they're trying to run a business. Um, I just think while, while you're furloughing staff, adding a new player to the wage bill 
is is not a great look. I think it could have been handled better. I think they could have possibly delayed it. Um, and we haven't seen any wage cuts from the players as of yet either. So I, I think there could have been a lot more done to paint a better picture of of the club and and how they handled things. But I, I don't I don't have an issue with with Norwich furloughing their staff at all. Um, I just I just think adding players to the squad at the same time doesn't doesn't paint them in, in a fantastic light which Norwich is a fantastic club um I loved my time there and they, they do things very very well there they run the club very well um and if they didn't need to furlough staff they wouldn't have I'm sure um so I have no problem with that but I think adding a new signing at this time just just doesn't look great now the England legend that is KP Kevin Peterson to you and me join Darren Goff and Adrian Durham on drive and as well as discussing his greatest England innings, he spoke about some of the regrets from his career. I do regret that. Um, there's a few things. There's a hairstyle that I didn't particularly... Well, when I look back now, I don't particularly enjoy a hairstyle. Tattoo. There's a few, there's a, there's a few things that went on in, in my formative years which I just uh, sometimes look back on and go, you absolute... Um, but... Listen, it was the makeup of it was the makeup of what I was about at that time, and uh, I was in a in a fairly um, confrontational battle with um, the country of my birth, and I was having to throw punches because punches were being thrown to me on the field, off the field, in the media, and it was I suppose the making of uh, my tenacity. And my fighting spirit for that white line fever that you call it when you walk over the, walk over to bat, that no confrontation can be bigger than what happened over that 10-day, 12-day period uh, in, in, for the rest of my career. No Ashes battle facing McGrath or Warren or Muralitharin or uh, anybody to, to that matter. Nothing could have been bigger than that emotional battle that I had for, for 10, to, 10 days Two weeks. I want to go back to what, what Freddie said about how sad it is that your, your England career was sh- cut short three or four years. So, what's your reaction to all of that, mate? You know what? If I answer this, then it's going to create it's going to be headlines all over the papers tomorrow. So, I I I'd prefer to just leave it. We're in a we're in a state where everybody's struggling. There are sportsmen out there that are doing the most amazing things. I really and truly right now don't want to get into a, uh, a discussion about what Andrew Strauss has said because some of the stuff he's there is complete nonsense and I could get up with very, very, very good um, information that I could give you. So from my side, I just I, I'm really don't think in the present climate of where everybody is and all our listeners are and what's happening in the world, it's, it's for me, I mean... Wisdom or something tweeted something the other day about my career or something, and I was just like, Jesus, guys, right now is not the time. Please, let's talk about fun things, positive things, amazing things. Let's try and there's enough bad news out there <laughs> poking at poking oh. at bad um, bad things. So I'd prefer to just leave that. And this is KP's old England teammate Freddie Flintoff on the Breakfast Show, where of course you can find him on regular basis now on taking his top off and celebrating like Ryan Giggs. Mm, I'm not sure it's the same. It was a one-day international against India, yeah. and it was in Mumbai at the Wankadeh Stadium, and it was packed, 50,000, 60,000 people, and it got down to the last last ball, and I, I, I bowled, like, I think it was Anil Kumble, 
And then I'd lost a little bit of weight, and it, but I'd not lost as much as I thought I'd lost. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And I got the, I, I had number 11, I think, on my shirt. I've whipped it off. I've started swinging my shirt around my head in front of 50, 60,000 Indian fans who did not know what was going on. <laughs> and then when I look at it back, I should have got in the sun a bit more on that trip. I looked like a Yeti. I was, you should have seen the, the physique. And then you talk about your kids being embarrassed. My kids flashed this up on YouTube the other day and they were looking at me and they were saying, Dad, what, what were you thinking? It's like everything's moving as I'm running around. Everything's bouncing up and down. Oh. It was an absolute <laughs> shocker. Shocking, shocking celebration. On to Paul Augsby and Andy Jacobs now. And on their show yesterday, they had uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire star? And, of course, the radio legendary DJ Chris Tarrant on the show. And I'm led to believe, I don't know if you've seen this, I'm led to believe that when Chris Tarrant said to his wife, this is true, that I'm just phoning uh, that duo up at TalkSport, his wife genuinely actually thought that she was phoning Saint and Greavesy. Of course, Paul and Andy had already been on air for about 35 years when Saint and Greavesy made their debut on the telly. But of course, if you're listening, Mrs. Tarrant, it was uh, Paul and Andy. It's just weird. My son texted me halfway through and he said, this is very strange, Adam, watching you on television. It's not you wearing a dodgy wig. And I said, well... I tell you what, I mean, what he doesn't do, which I'm very grateful for, he doesn't do what all the impressionists do, you know, Mike Osman and Rory Bremner and John Coulter, they all go, hello, Chris Darren here, tee-hee-hee, They all do this, I've never gone tee-hee-hee in my life. And they all do it, and I think, I don't do that. He's a proper actor, isn't he? I mean, he's quite brilliant at what he does. And I'm really very flattered that he's doing me, you know, I'm well made up, but... What he does, as well as the voice, and you know this because you're radio guys, you actually, you actually know what you sound like. Most people don't know what they sound like. Those of mm. us who spend our lives with headphones on yeah. actually do know what we sound like. So his voice is quite good yeah. of me. What he does do is some extraordinary, you know, physical movements. And I'm mm. sitting there going, oh, my God, I really do do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's There's great. one bit where I stand, I don't know what I do, I stand next to a contestant when we're waiting to go and sit in the chair and stuff. And I do this very, it's like a sort of demented duck. <laughs> I actually don't, <laughs> when I watch it, I thought, God, I really do do that. And funny, weird sort of pointing things and strange facial expressions. He's very good. You have put your last few days to great use. Um, you've told us before that you've got this kind of portable table tennis net that you can put on any table. You can adjust the size of it. And you and your wife, uh, Sue, uh, has been, you've been playing really over the last three days. We had an extra day over the weekend. We were off yesterday. So uh, there's a before and after. You can see the first video that Andy did on Friday. And, I mean, Sue was quite terrible. But you've worked terrible. with her. Well, I mean, she, you know, she was. I mean, she was blowing into it, as Woody Allen once. He had no concept of, of the instrument. But no. she, um, but in three days... You got a fifty-shot rally. Uh, uh, I know. That's fantastic. It's not bad, is it? You're yeah, doing a lot of running around. She holds the middle ground and just hits it. But because she's not that true with the delivery, she's got you like a Matthew side playing against China's number one. She's got you running all over the place, isn't she? I've, I put it on Instagram and I have had a very funny reaction. From it's people great. Yeah, Liam Dacey, one of the listeners, got in touch. That it's, it's the best live sport on TV at the moment. It's not even on TV. 
it's a bit like our whole marriage, really. I'm sort of running around doing all the work. And Sue's just, sort of, just strolling through life, just basically taking it in her stride. So that's fair enough, really. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, I, I couldn't don't say that. Um... <laughs> now, Tyro Ming spoke to the wonderful Laura Woods, Ali McQuest and Freddie Flintoff on the TalkSport Breakfast Show yesterday morning. And he's offering three places on his Youth Academy programme to children of NHS staff and key workers when the coronavirus lockdown ends. Obviously, it's extra training for kids. Um, There's no pressure on the environment that we try to create. There's no games that we play. It's just real high-quality coaches where kids can come along and try and hone skills that they can't uh, potentially do at their clubs because of the pressures that are put on them through parents or having to win a game or um, coaches wanting to win games. So we try to take away that pressure. And like you said, when this is all over, we've extended the offer for NHS workers and key workers to bring their kids along because understandably at the moment, they're probably quite short of time. And if we can try and give them back some of that time, that's that's our most important aim. Jason Cundy here, and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. Now, Newcastle United Slovakian goalkeeper Martin Dubravka has spoken to TalkSport's James Savundra about trying to keep fit during lockdown and his goalkeeping heroes. Do you think you were always going to be a goalkeeper when you consider your dad and your grandfather, they were goalkeepers as well in in their time? Yeah, they were goalkeepers, but uh, I was trying to be outfield player. But when when I realised that my my father and my grandfather was a goalkeeper, straight to the goal you know and even my coaches they knew that so they put me straight there uh, I was the smallest one you know so at the uh, in the young age it was difficult for me but as it goes times uh, times goes uh, quite enjoy that you know be there and you had a poster of Petr Cech up on your wall when you were younger what was that like when you played against him when he was playing for Arsenal you of course with Newcastle and then I imagine you met him after the game as well uh, first time when I met him was when I was in Jelina uh, and he was playing for Chelsea and we play uh, Champions League group stage. But I was too shy to ask for the jersey. So after the game, he came to me and he said, you're going to swap the jersey and I'm going to meet you in the dressing room, yeah? So I, I was shocked because I didn't expect it. So he came to me at the time and we have a little conversation. But as I said, I was too shy. After 10 years, we have another conversation, obviously, because I signed for Newcastle and he was, uh, he was in Arsenal at, at, at the time. So... Uh, after the game, we have a conversation. I still have this poster on our on my uh, on my doors with him and Iker Casillas. So I couldn't believe that, that I have both jerseys from my fav- favorite uh, goalkeepers. You know, which is amazing for me. Staying with Newcastle United, and this is kickoff with Hugh Wozencroft and Danny Mills talking about the potential takeover of the club with Graham Courtney. I can't believe for one moment Graham Courtney's got that much money. He's obviously doing a bit of moonlighting. I mean, Graham Courtney, I mean, he does well, but has he got that much money to buy Newcastle? The way it's going to work out is that um, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, it's a sovereign wealth fund, really, Mm. um, they're going to take 80%. Amanda Stabley is going to take 10%. And then the other 10%, which is interesting, uh, it's the Rubin brothers. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, David and Simon, but it, it's um, the son, I think it's David's son, Jamie, 
Um, he looks as though he's going to be the person who's going to be involved on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis with Newcastle. But the trouble is, he's on the board at QPR, mm-hmm. so he can't be on, in both. So we started to see a few things coming through. But I just go back to the original point that we've seen this all before. We've had Peter Kenin involved, we've had our so-called Chinese consortium involved, we've had other Middle East ones as well. But with this one, you just get the impression there is certainly more there. We're further down the line, mm-hmm. and there's now a framework to take it forward. But I reiterate, and Danny's right, uh, if it happens, believe it when I see it. <laughs> if it does happen, Graham, one of the big questions when these takeover happens, people like to make big changes. Mm. They like a glitzy name in the dugout in particular. I'm not sure at the moment Steve Bruce fits into that category. What about his long-term future if there is a takeover? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, it happened when uh, Mike Ashley took over in the first place back mm. in 2007-8. stroke first thing he did was he brought in Kevin Keegan which, uh, if you want to actually try and get the Newcastle United fans on your side, that was the way to go along it. Of course, it all, with the meddling that was going on behind the scenes, Kevin just went, I'm not having this, and walked away. Mm. So, um, I tell you, one of the, the one thing that could happen, and I've seen after things, Rafa Benitez could come back. I mean, I know he's over in China at the moment, but I would have thought, mm. I'd be amazed if Rafa hasn't got a decent buyout clause in that contract. <laughs> Well, last but by no means least, it's Andy Goldstein's book about Monday to Thursday from 10pm. And what a show it was. Again, I'll say it, like always, I don't know how producer Tommy's going to cram those three magical hours in into this podcast. Um, this should be now about a 40-minute section coming up at least. If it's less than 40 minutes, tweet me, Andy Goldstein 5 And of course, I'll have Tom removed from the building, even though he's not in the building, he's working from home. I'll get him removed from home once I'm allowed to get him out of his home because you're not allowed to li- Anyway, this is the best bits from the sports bar. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you doing? What's going on? How's lockdown? Um, I'm working. I'm a security operative at the moment. All right, good stuff. What do you want to say? What's, what's uh, on your right, mind? I, it was, I was on earlier in that about your uh, football. Who would you have back in the team? And I said yeah, Paolo Di Canio back for West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't mention football, mate. You get cut off. Yeah. Don't mention football. I know, right. But, but mm. this is a funny story related mm. to football, but it's not related to football. Okay, now, listen, I'm the... not in charge of the buttons. If you get if you get right. a buzzer, it's all it's down okay. to you. Okay, Got so to right. stick to the rules, Pete. So in in the nineties, I was yeah. on the Big Brother uh, on the Big Breakfast Show, and Mark Little and Julia Carlin was on it. Right. And they said, "Can you name?" Uh, it was just after Cantona had done that karate kick, and they said, "Can you think of any funny sporting incident you'd ever right. been to?" I mean, he's so mentioned sport all over the place here. What's going on? No, just listen. You're getting away with murders here. So we're. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Well, that's it. That's all we've got time for on this magical podcast. Uh, Asa, everyone. Asa. Uh, if you don't know what that means, it's tough. You're missing out. Asa. Now, if you're missing your sport and racing fix, we've got exciting news for you. Because today, yeah, Wednesday, we've got live and exclusive national radio commentary of the meeting at Happy Valley in Hong Kong. Cundy told me once when he was on tour with Chelsea, he went to a Happy Valley. Oh, that's a story for another day. Anyway, our coverage of this high-quality meet begins with five races from 11am on TalkSport 2. And if you've missed it, well, that's tough. You've missed it. There's nothing I can do. I don't have a DeLorean. We're not going to hit 88 miles an hour. And we're not going to go to Twin Pines Mall. So it's just tough luck. Uh, That's it for another podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Try and have a good day if you can. Chin up, everyone. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. And um, most important of all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. I'll be back tonight for more of the same from 10pm with the fun boy. Have a good day, gang. 
Marie's the name of his latest name. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I, that's the last name. Jill, how, oh, you've got it, mate. You've got it. And that's oh, the thing. <laughs> Though I smiled, the tears as high were burning. I was in and he said goodbye. He was gone, but still his words kept returning. <laughs> what else was there for me to do but cry? Oh, love it, Would man. you love believe that yesterday this girl that was, girl was in and swore to me? And swore to me. <laughs> She'd be mine eternally. Yeah, Marie's and a Marie's name. name. It's like one of you. It's like one of you singing down a, a massive cave, and then the other one's the echo coming back to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre thing. I've got my headphones on, and I'm singing, but I'm hearing Ali McCoy's voice re- replying to me. That's not me singing. You know, he's That's a small voice in me. your head, isn't it? Oh. Ali McQuist is the voice in all of our heads. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.